previously on Hashtag Colts Podcast. Oh, I wish it was that. <laughs> I wish that I wish that every time I walked into a room, I got that Dragon Ball Z previously. Well, have I isolated our listeners already? Probably. Hey, uh, I realize we have a lot of new listeners because we're playing our suite of episodes with the wonderful Mika Spielberg, who is, of course... Not only a, uh, a cam worker, she's in the sex industry, but is the daughter of Steven Spielberg. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, please, this is a documentary-style podcast. You've got to start from the beginning. We are investigating a cult called MGTOW. The format of this show is we're doing a documentary, and we take the interviews that we filmed and chop them up and analyze them as we continue to make the final feature-length documentary about this cult. I did one such interview with Mika Spielberg, and that's what we're listening to now. Uh, I wanted to interview someone in the camming industry. I approached Mika Spielberg. Uh, She was into it, and within seconds of starting our interview, she had already heard of MGTOW as a cult and had run-ins with it. And now we're kind of going through her experience, abuse, life, and I really think Mika is wonderful. Start the show over, and now we start the listening of the the show with the theme song, and then it starts again. Enjoy. What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. just going to start like we're radio professionals. Who the hell am I? Well, I'm I'm Mike Ballack, one of the co-hosts of Hashtag Cold Podcast. And who the hell is my co-host this time? I'm Rachel Klochevsky. I'm a sex and relationship therapist. So we are up to clip seven. seven. Yeah, where she, she starts to talk about uh, billiards. We now hear I got it wrong. It was billiards. You were right. And that's something that it's so awesome that not awesome, but it's so it helps so much with the story to meet people who've actually talked to them. And it's like, no, it's not like anything you're thinking. It's so it's like talking to someone on a, on a different planet. It's it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. D- did you did you then get into a, a, a as they call it, a, a rabbit hole of learning about this group on the Internet? No, because I had already known about them. You'd already known about them. Yeah, because. <laughs> Um, I've had, I was at the time like really heavily involved in like the Nashville billiards scene. And there's not much difference between a lot of the men there and a lot of the older women there who were like hyper conservative, but also very like asexual, yet hypersexual in secret. There's not, it's very, it's like probably one of like the few pockets of culture where I can say everybody is not really doing great sexually. 
Hmm. You guys are really all need therapy, and I don't know how to tell you guys that. Um, <laughs> well, I think that's a that's a big part with men, right? They don't go to therapy. Mm -hmm. They they don't. They don't. Go. I thought no way cool. could it be billiards. So this clip, I have a lot of questions for you because uh, this actually came up. Uh, this idea came up in my life recently, and I, I have I have a, a question for you. So what did you think of this clip? Before I taint the witness and create fruit fruits from a sour tree, whatever the legal term I learned from Jeopardy the other day is. We are officially on this show without even asking, Rachel. Backing LeVar Burton as the new host to Jeopardy. That's what I want. Okay, if you're not following that, probably when this... Oh, yeah. 100%. Right? How is that not... Here's what, here's, here's what I heard. I've been watching... It just seems obvious. I've been watching Jeopardy uh, a lot, actually, since before um, uh, Alex Trebek passed. And because uh, I'm a hipster, it was cool. I always watch Jeopardy, but I got live TV again <laughs> recently. And and then like, I was like, I missed some episodes and, and someone was like, oh, LeVar Burton's been on a few times and the new guest host. I only saw whatever the doctor was and, and someone else. It's like, if LeVar Burton wants to be on your project, you say yes. Like, yeah, right. What, like, what, what's the debate? What are we waiting for? What's the hesitation here? So, um, <laughs> uh, what, uh, before I taint the witness here, uh, what what did you think of this clip? Yeah, so, I mean, she paints such an image of the billiard scene, right? So, she's talking about men and older women being similar, you know, like in having this, like, hyper-conservative. She says asexual, but I think she meant non-sexual, um, you know, yeah. mentality and yet being hypersexual in secret. And again, it goes back to that, like, sexual control, right? Like, you need to kind of pretend that you're this pious, well-behaved person, um, but behind closed doors, you're doing things that you don't even like value, or at least that's what you say you don't value. And so that's definitely going to create a lot of judgment and issues with somebody who doesn't kind of fit what they want. And I can only imagine that a young woman, a young attractive woman in the billiard scene, you know, is going to elicit just by her existence. So, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I think my... my headphones started playing sound into you i was not actually talking uh, something started playing on my computer um so oh <laughs> uh so yeah uh uh finish what you were saying because i think that was a glitch in my computer i'm not interrupting you um no that's okay yeah so it just like it makes sense that again like she was exposed to migtow because, I mean, the billiard scene seems to hold a lot of the values, you know, uh, of MGTOW, right? Don't be sexual. Don't be, you know, don't behave in certain ways. Don't give women this power. Um, and also be your best version and all of these other things. Be the best coach. Be the best billiards player. Be the best athlete. Be the strongest man. Be all of these things. I mean, it kind of makes sense. And then you have women who are upholding these beliefs and standards in the same scene. So it's just kind of encouragement for that framework. Yeah. Obviously to me, and I'm going to talk about it more in the next clip, I, I see what a lot of women who have come to us and say, 
I think my partner was involved in it in this MGTOW thing experience, which is we're getting to hashtag Goldman X clip. The last thing she says has come up in my life. The idea of telling someone, because I am I, I am not going to try and say what you said about hidden sexuality and all these different things. And I like that we're helping the distinction between asexual and non-sexual. One of my biggest mm-hmm. goals in this is to really talk about asexuality as a big, big theme. It's a really important thing. I don't think, I think that I am very co- close to proving correlation and causation with some of this stuff. Um, but so we're, but I can't say that quickly. You know, I can't say that yet, but I really feel that there is a correlation between <laughs> the fact that asexuality is one of the least talked about sexualities, uh, parts of the sexual spectrum. And mm-hmm. it keeps coming up in this investigation. It's not, it's, it's not, <laughs> You know, like there's, it's not a coincidence, but I can't say that yet scientifically or journalistically, but I like that we keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So the last comment she says, which is, you know, you guys need therapy. How do you feel about this idea of talking? Let's take like a quick second here to talk about the idea of needing therapy, viewing (laughs) who you are around you, viewing the people in your life. What what do you think of that idea? How do you operate in the world with that idea? Um, obviously, we're going to skirt the stereotype that all therapists think everyone need therapy. So you know, let's just. I move mean, past that. I I believe that everybody needs some kind of support. Um, I don't think that therapy is accessible to everyone. I don't think that it's always culturally sensitive or competent. Um, it is built on a European and medical standard. And so I can understand why a lot of people don't attend therapy. Um, but there are a lot of therapeutic spaces, which I do believe people think they're getting at MGTOW, right? Why does anybody join a cult? Mm. Right. It feels supportive. So, Yeah, of course, like she's looking from the outside in and is like, yo, this is all kinds of fucked up. You all need to work that out, Um, understandably. And so, of course, it makes sense that you're sending them to therapy. Uh, The thing is, as a therapist, I'm like, oh, I don't want them. (laughs) Like, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted thinking about how much I need to address with people that are so hostile about this belief, right? And and obviously, like, uh, I don't serve that population for that reason. Um, I serve a population that is specifically seeking sex therapy, right? They're specifically seeking some pleasure-centered dialogue. So, obviously, a MGTOW is not going to join (laughs) therapy with someone like me. And there are excellent therapists. We're building a list now. They don't attend uh, sexually aware college seminars and they don't go to therapy for help with their erogenous based issues. <laughs> we're, right. getting, we're getting because, a little list because they don't perceive it. They don't perceive it as issues. Yeah. Right. They perceive it as right. To some degree, a strength 
right? Because again, they're being applauded for like being all fucked up around sex. And so they have nothing to change. Mm. Um, but they're also seeing what they believe as true. Because if we recognize that there's anti-Semitism and that there is a racism as part of this, it's not that hard to trace this back to like Christian dogma about sex, Right? Like, it's not hard to trace it back to that. So, if we're talking about this, they're going to be as religious about this belief system of MGTOW as they are about their religious beliefs. And lucky for them, they found a whole group of people that share a political, interpersonal, and religious mindset. It's it's almost a perfect Venn diagram. Like you, you don't have to worry about anything conflicting. So of course, like women are going to be part of this because they're inundated with the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, one note before I go to the, the the other point that I was saying on what you said. Um, it's interesting because from from what I've learned about um, cults and. Uh, I don't even like using that word because if I'm being transparent about how I feel right now about the word cult, I'm really starting to see a lot of people using that to their advantage and kind of manipulating it in the same way uh, some bad people do. But um, looking at um, the, 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 (laughs) I'm trying to say this as, as delicately as, as possible. Um, Give me a second. It's just interesting that 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 one of the things about these groups is they're such. Here's where I'm conflicted at with trying to say this is I'm going to really try and make them sound minimal, which is not what I mean to do. They're such do nothing people. A lot of these people that caterwaul about this kind of stuff, it's such do nothing things, you know. it's solving things that that don't need to be solved. Even when you look at cults that get these big grand compounds, like, you know, and they do all this different stuff. It's like, well, you didn't solve anything that a bunch of 16 year old kids visiting Israel on a kibbutz didn't also solve, you know, like it's not that you could go to any given apartment complex and put a down payment on and, and get fixed. And they usually consider that to be a big accomplishment I'm not trying to downplay what they do in terms of their abuse to people, but they are such do nothing people. And one of the interesting parts about it is that uh, in terms of what you said is that like, okay, yeah, we're going to go to this space and it feels therapeutic and it feels like things are changing. But of course, like, you don't need any proof. There's nothing to vote on. There's no actions that actually happen. So everything feels like you're doing good because there's no there's no objective, um, mm-hmm. so it's just it's just interesting. I mean, they me, do yeah. they do a lot of harm though, right? And that's why I was right? having I like, was having trouble like navigating how to say this. Like, obviously, the one thing that they're quite efficacious at is like hurting everybody's feelings and abusing people and indoctrinating people. But their actual accomplishments is like n- nothing. They don't really do anything, right? Uh, they don't. They they don't. They don't better society or or help society in any way. But that's not their 
perspective, right? Yeah. Like they see this as reaching the individual and with the individual, we strengthen that person in this particular way. And then that person will be there for the next person who finds them. And it's been pretty effective. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is a very effective tool. I mean, this is why you have this podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. people find it and it is intoxicating. And it's it's interesting too, because one of the things that comes up is lack of experience or lack of recent experience or a lack of experience in one certain life event with men. And so, uh, you know, because all of us who you know, have been in many relationships, like, you, you know, in, in terms of being very empathetic to the, the person in the narcissistic relationship, uh, being abused by, by a coercer is like, you know, they make it seem like it's you against the world and you're doing all this great stuff. And it's like, you know, in the end, most relationships, you are proud on the day where everyone agrees on the type of plate you're going to order for the kitchen. And it's like, you are also accomplishing nothing and you know how pedantic all your little stupid fights are. And it's like, if if there were these yeah. narcissists, if these narcissists, the way that they perceive their relationships with these people, well, why are these people taking over the world? You know, and they aren't They're They're, they're, they're always in, in misery in this victimhood. And because it's, it's all about, the one thing that they want to be successful at, which is the abuse. Um, right. But misery loves company. It does. And that's that's how you meet people. Just sit on the street and be miserable and someone will love to come up to you. Um, so uh, the other part that I just wanted to, to talk about is I, I have this, this, this uh, person in my life. I'm not going to name them. I'm, I'm going to change some details about their life, actually. Um, uh, which we do on this show, by the way, for anonymous sources. I want to point that out. Uh, I specifically subterfuge things about these people so you think they're other people. Um, so, uh, but this is uh, just a personal thing. This person is not well. They've, I have a lot of empathy for them because I'm an empathetic person. And there's people that have told me I shouldn't have empathy for them. Um, and we had this conversation and they, I was pretty concerned for them because I had spoken to them months ago while they were in this really shitty thing. And I was like, you know, Hey, hope you're all right. I mean, more than months ago, Uh, COVID has warped time for many of us, but, uh, (laughs) so, um, I kind of attributed their general ridiculousness to this time. And then I spoke to them again, and this person's move is just, oh, always dodging the idea that they did anything wrong. And literally, yep. you, you're, 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 your kid could have died, and they're too, well, oh man, but my shoelace is ripped today, and I just don't have time. It's taken all day to get these shoelaces. There's no <laughs> version where anything is going on bad in your life that trumps their life. Um, and so, you know, I've had these conversations with this person where it's like, I finally said to them, like, you need help. And they tried to claim that they were in therapy. And like, I know they're not in therapy. Um, and one of the things that it came up as a point was they were like, well, you telling me I need therapy is belittling. When in reality, I... I saw that as empathetic. I saw that as instead of calling you a bad person, I'm telling you something's wrong with the way you're treating people. Um, 
And so I have this idea of there are many of us that function in life where we go around listening to Mika in this way where she's not exactly in the best place, but she's around these people who are, she even knows, are definitely not in the, in the right place. Um, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on the idea of, and, and I'm also, I've been public on this show about this whole, oh, you know, mental health as a hashtag thing is so vague. And unless you get specific and then the other side of the coin is it's, 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 it's too specific. So there's people that do it right. Like Rachel, one of the reasons that I know about Rachel, where it's specific when it needs to be and vague and supportive when it doesn't need to be. But then there's this whole genre of non-mental health professionals just saying mental health is important. They have no answer other than go to therapy. And then beyond that, then they'll give you really specific advice from nonsense sources that are like, here's what you need to do for your mental health. And it's just, it's this mm -hmm. crazy internet uh, perversion of a good idea and so i didn't know if you had any thoughts on the idea of seeing someone in a mental health crisis because what we've learned from this show is you pretty much can't get anyone to go to, to, to therapy unless they want to um mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on the idea of go this person needs therapy well I, okay we have to see like the history of that statement Right? right. Like it has often been used to belittle people like, oh, you need therapy. Right. And we're talking about a time that wasn't that long ago. Like even 10 years ago, you weren't talking about attending therapy with such freedom that people are talking about today. I want to um, interject for one has, second because I had yeah. this thought a second ago about this history thing. You and I have been alive at the same time yep. when like mental health and psychology atrocities have gone on that like blew my mind the other day i was yes. like i was alive for that like i was i was yep. there like it is crazy to me how recent this has not been great right and and also like let's consider how long the like one flew over the cuckoo's nest idea of therapy um how long that has lingered you know, yeah. uh, for, you know, in our kind of collective as a society, you know, the idea that it's only for super, like, not sane people. I don't like to use the word crazy um, because it is an ableist term and, and has been used to harm people. And so, you know, one of, one of my biggest statements to almost all of my clients is all of this that you're dealing with, the like ruminating thoughts, the inability to get things done, that sense of overwhelm and doom that's constant. Like these are reasonable given the circumstances that we're in. And if you were not feeling this, if you were thriving in the world that we're living in right now, I would be scared to talk to you because you are missing a sense of humanity. Like you cannot be living in this world and not be bothered by any of it. If you are connected to humans in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so in the past, you need therapy has been a phrase that was used to silence people, has been used as a punchline, you know, to tell people that like, you're not right in the head as if it's the worst thing they can be. And it is a huge gaslighting tool. Mm -hmm. So. You're, you're crazy, especially. You're crazy, especially. I've yeah. heard that one. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can understand where he's coming from, where he felt belittled, right? And like, and even the softer, you need help, right, is also now swooped into that same kind of category of you're such a problem, even I can't reach you, mm. which is essentially what you are saying, right? But, but, the difference is, is that you're not saying that that person is a problem. You're saying that everything that they're saying and doing is such a problem, right? Like their behaviors and the beliefs are such a problem that like that, that you don't know what to do with it. Right. It, and it for is. Him, I don't, I don't know how to function in their I, world. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. to, I've tried helping. I've tried. I tried, and it's just right. like, I, 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 and for him, he's hearing he's hearing you say that he is a problem, that his identity, because he's attached these behaviors and beliefs to who he is, that his identity is a problem. His personhood is a problem, and and there will be a point where if he doesn't start recognizing the harm that he's causing his behaviors and beliefs will be who he is and he will be a problem and it will get to a point of uh, of possibly legal or financial consequences oh yeah the, because that is happening th- that that's already that's already there and it's it was it was a it was actually the reason this came up was this crazy conversation about legalities and paranoia and it was and 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 of course this is you know you got to understand i I like to put this out there is there's different levels of of this stuff um and like you know i know this whole show started because of an intervention with a with a friend of mine and this is just another person out of the many people i talk to that it's i've just tried to to talk to them in some reasonable way um if you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.